shouts the truth peacefully. Chopping Wood Inside. Welcome to the Chopping Wood Inside podcast, the Twin Peaks podcast for conspiracy theorists and aficionados. I'm your host, Murphy. Uh, Tom, you still there? I'm still here, my friend. Brother Ben, how are you? Uh, good. It's good talking to you. It's just been a couple minutes. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back here to uh, review episode two or part two. Uh, you know, we're, we're queued up. Do you want to jump right into it? Do you have any uh, thoughts you want to uh, begin with? Yeah, just one thing quickly. The article today, there was an interview with, I think, Jeff Jensen from Entertainment Weekly who did that popular podcast. He actually got on the horn with Lynch, and um, it, it's a great read. I think any fan has to read it because, uh, first and foremost, it's just Lynch. It has uh, you know interesting quotes always. But when Jensen asked him, I think, about future seasons... Lynch didn't give kind of the standard, well, you never say never or maybe or just a flat out no. He said that um, uh, there's no discussions at this time, but if there would be a new season of Twin Peaks, it would be four years down the line, which is something that Lynch had said also in a Skype session recently. So that for me, now I'm a huge fan just like Murphy and I'm, I'm presuming all of you listening, that gives me more than just hope. It might mean that there really is a plan in place and uh, they either have Frost and Lynch develop some ideas or spoken to Showtime, but they're just going to wait for any number of reasons. It might be because of the Emmy consideration they're under the limited series category. They might want to wait for the DVD sales to come in. But the fact that Lynch didn't flat out say something kind of cryptic or just put the kibosh on it altogether gives me great, great hope that we're not done with Twin Peaks. Now, we might have to wait a while, but I am more hopeful at any point since the end of the series. Yeah, no, I think it was very positive. I think he that just the fact that he's got a number already out there and you could just imagine he's got Frost out there like working on some sort of like narrative <laughs> framework that he right. can come in and go crazy and destroy and identify. <laughs> So that's probably what he's doing, right? I mean, I would think if he got such great critical reception, and we all the core fans love it. And I saw that article in Vulture talking about whether it was a success or not. And, you know, that they got 2 million viewers a show. That's pretty good, I think. Like, if you ask me, across all platforms, for Twin Peaks, it's like a fucking Woody Allen movie, you know? like Or a PTA movie. Like, people, like, barely, few people even can conceive this shit. So I think it was a great success and definitely uh, definitely positive seeing him in his little painter smock, blue painter smock, doing that little video. He's just going to chill out for a little bit. Uh, let Frost do all the heavy lifting, and then he comes in there with the idea box and starts popping shit out, and here we go, season four. Right, right. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful that... Uh... Now, one thing I want to just uh, ask you as well, that two million viewers, that's probably just U.S., correct? That's a good question. Uh, I would think U.S. right because Hulu's not international and shit like right. that. The, the, the Showtime app is. I don't. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a very good question. I've never. I've never uh, had anybody address that. So it's a lot to look. look and I know that, that you know, Twin Peaks, the original series, was a hit internationally. And when they were obviously the show was going to uh, premiere on Showtime, they had cut deals. Whoever was owning the distribution, whether it's Showtime or CBS cut deals with a bunch of different platforms all over the world. And I was, during the series, reading uh, several articles where, in some instances, in some countries, Twin Peaks was actually outperforming Game of Thrones. So I think that's another... <laughs> that's awesome. What <laughs> right. country is that? Good job. I think it was Scandinavia somewhere. Scandinavia. I think in Norway or yeah, Sweden or something. There you but, go. Everybody um, out there, it's, yeah, Sweden, Norway. That's good what's job. different about Twin Peaks than, say, like a Ray Donovan or a Homeland, is that I think it has more cash... Um, uh, cachet in uh, in the international markets, so um, hopefully they're taking that into account as well because we all know it's all about the, the bottom you know line and, and, and the dollar. So um, hopefully the ratings have been you know really great overseas, and that'll 
you know, help influence the decision, hopefully. But I think really it's going to come down to whether or not Lynch and Frost want to do it because I believe if they really, really want yeah. to do it, they'll find someone right. to give them money. get Megan Ellison. Like, just go get some private funding, man. The French funding. Go back to Studio Canal. Yeah. <laughs> for, you right. know the Dilo De Laurentiis family is probably still out there somewhere. <laughs> like, just round it up. I'd love to see it. Or so worst case, hopeful, we're feeling good. We're feeling the giant. The White Lodge, is, the giant has got a plan. We're all going to have to like, you know, wait, wait for a while. But I do feel good that that we are. We haven't seen the end of Twin Peaks. They can't kill it. Kill it. That's what I've been telling. I told somebody on Twitter that I really feel that you can't really kill Twin Peaks. It's still as long as Lynch is alive, uh, it's 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 going to live on. It right. Just take a while. So, right. You ready to jump into? Let's jump two? in, my friend. Now we well, are. Are we're queued up on? Actually, we went past the credit sequence since I'm watching. A DVR of Showtime. It was just uh, presented in two hours. There wasn't a transition credit sequence, and Murphy's queued up as well. So we're on the opening scene of Bill Hastings. Bill Hastings, headed hand. <laughs> yeah. Ready, action. So, all right, play. <laughs> all right, go. let's go. Oh, Bill. See, this is when it started to really take shape. Like for me, I started to see his anguish. And the, oh God. Oh God. And just I was laughing, but I was also crying, and I was feeling it. You know. Hey, yeah, he's got a wedding was, ring. He's, his wedding ring still in his hand. I yeah, he does. It's not Briggs's wedding ring or Dougie's. So, Dougie's but this was a, a great scene. There? Them face to face. Frostorama, like a face off, just like Josie and Hank in the old days. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, or even Josie and Ben at that one point. Yeah, Catherine and Ben, or any yeah. of those like, face offs that we would see. Yeah, Ben and, this, ben and Josie. Yeah, everybody and Josie. Yeah, it was. Uh, so this did feel like a frosty and scene, and I love the tete a tete. Yeah, and, and completely unexpected. Um, first of all, her reaction about uh, saying that she, she go in, and you think she's going to be sympathetic, maybe. I'm saying it's going to be, but it turns like they're both like sharks, you know? Right. And then his reaction after she's accusing him or telling him that she knows about his affair with with Hastings, that he knows that she's been sleeping with their lawyer, his lawyer George, and one other guy or someone else, Mr. who, C. right, Mr. C, presumably, Possibly. which is. So fascinating that his connection. Yeah, how did how does that how did he wheedle into this scenario? He just picked up at the bar like the Bennigans. <laughs> I like. What are you drinking? Rusty nail. <laughs> Make it two. <laughs> Do you think he's like with member in uh, part seventeen when he saw Lucy? It was like hello Lucy. That he would just saunter up to the bar oh, and just Phyllis. say hello Phyllis. Just some kind of. You drink your rusty nail like a human. <laughs> You do it good. I still think she's a tulpa, dude. I think it's a good possibility that she is a tulpa. She's got all the tulpa-like qualities, I think. She does, but for what purpose? Although she did get... Well, she looks like she was doing his bidding at some point. Although, when tulpas get killed, do they get sucked up? Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, she didn't get sucked up, so yeah. she's not a tulpa. Yeah, I don't think she's a tulpa, but... Uh, yeah, I think at some point when the whole tulpa uh, mythology was, um, you know, you know was, was told to us... You know, by Tammy, and it kept being reiterated. Everyone went tulpa happy, saying, "Well, what about this person? Is he a tulpa? Is she a tulpa? Like they're all tulpas." And uh, it's interesting that tulpa basically has taken over the doppelganger. Yeah, tulpas uh, are doppels, doppels are tulpas. Yeah, we've got tulpa fever now, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, I love how like how Bill Hastings just turns. He just turns into pure Lillardian scream like evil. That's just a, spitting and yelling. You know, I was like, "Whoa, he can really do that. He can but, hit that note." That face, though, that he gives at the end, right when Phyllis is getting up, is just shades of Leland yeah, right in there. Firewalk with me. Oh, God. Oh, and she's like, see you, buddy. Life in jail. Life, Life in, in prison. prison. <laughs> yeah, that's so and good. And here comes the ultimate meltdown, and we're about to get our first cameo of one of our favorite characters. Yes. Right? First, we have a oh, brief yes. transition, I believe. We're coming up oh, where God. George. Oh, my God. <laughs> I gotta laugh. It's great though. It's great, great acting, but I, it makes me laugh. Um, just because it's Lillard, I think, and all we know about him through the Scream series and everyone laughing. You know, it was, it was fun. To, he was a bad guy, but he was a comic bad guy, and so he's kind of a, got a comic uh, tilt to this scene that makes me laugh. But, well, uh, but isn't that also it. with like Lynch? Um, some some people yeah, comedy and horror. Yeah, with kind of criticize. Everyone wonders why can't somebody make a good comedy horror? Like he's the great, the best comedy horror director of all time, right? Yeah. He loves his that. absurdity and he loves his horror. Um, and it's not just straight horror as we know it, like a like a slasher film. It's it's more kind of an abstract horror, which I think for me is the more frightening horror when it's 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 tied into the unknown. Um, well, the box like monster scene from last episode was oh, straight God, up that horror. was so good. Yeah, 
and he's got. I mean, he's done that throughout his entire au revoir. But we've got several uh, classic scenes, iconic scenes here in the Return of pure horror and most of them are related to who we're about to see where our first introduction of a woodsman we didn't know who Here he was it is, that pan across the jail cell oh, that's so good god. oh my god he's just going oh my god and there he is <gasps> sooty number one Stuart Strauss yes holy oh, I'm mesmerized right now and that look that frozen Dude, look eyes. of terror and the eyes just white. And then his head floating up. What the fuck's with the head floating And the hands. Up? Look at the hands. They're just kind of frozen and the head just levitates and the body disappears. I, I mean, really, uh, okay, and here just, and we'll talk more about the, the woodsman here a little bit, but really part two is continuing the momentum of the end of part one. And after, you know, the scene here with Phyllis, I think we're going to get into more of Cooper and Mr. C., um, this scene was great that he just shows up, no knock, yeah. no doorbell, and standing in darkness, and she recognizes him. And she's then he like, says, "What are you doing here?" Like she wants, he's flirty, kind of with that. Yeah, and the camera slowly pushes in on him, but yet he's still in darkness. But we know it's Mister C. You follow human nature perfectly, and he just. But what's the motive? It's almost like that's secondary, right? It's yeah. It doesn't matter what the motive is. She helped him. That's it. Period. Right. Well, what did she help him? How did she help him? Set up Bill. How? Like in the zone? Maybe she, we were asking last pod, like who was the one doing all the set decoration of putting Major Briggs and uh, her head, Ruth's head, all like maybe she oh, was Oh, that's good. Out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. They're right through the eye, just like yeah. Ruth Davenport. Right and man. And now here we are in Vegas. Oh, that's right. Can we go with, the, I think we get introduced to. our first to... Vegas introduction here with uh what's Duncan, his name? Duncan, Duncan Todd. Duncan Todd, right? who gets the worst <laughs> killing, most hilarious killing in actually all of Twin Peaks. <laughs> The Mr. Bill like Plato and Roger as well. And right? Roger's comic falling down. <laughs> <laughs> Their deaths are great. It makes it all these scenes worthwhile because I don't really these scenes aren't they don't really do much for me really these scenes in retrospect. You know what I'm saying? Like well, you know, Ro- I mean Duncan Todd Patrick Fisher he never moves yeah. from his desk, but yeah, yet there are ben, several Ben Horn he doesn't move from his desk. Right, there are several compelling scenes, especially that one scene where he gets that message and uh, on his laptop and that I think it was like. It looked like the red room, like appeared on his screen, like drapes or something. Remember, and then I think it was just a red out, square, or red square, and then pulled out the photographs um, from a safe of Ike the Spike. No, excuse me, of uh, Dougie, that classic Dougie pose, and uh, and Lorraine, the warrior. Yeah, Dougie looked like Sasquatch when they caught that picture from the sixties in the woods. <laughs> I love that. Moving out like I sh- love action that. shot. I want to find that photo. Yeah, he kind of looked like the man in the yellow jacket or whatever from Blue, Blue Velvet. The photos of him as well when they caught him out there. With oh yeah, get a move on, John. Come on, pal. Get in gear. Um, yeah, but there's just some. Uh, that's a little inside joke. Come on, John. Yeah. Get a move on, John. Yeah, that's one of our old yeah. Chestnuts. Yeah, but um, there is like an undercurrent here of. Uh, you know, not say horror, but mystery. Obviously, with Roger going, you know, why do you let him do this? And 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 he responds, Duncan Todd. You know, just hope that you don't have you know anyone like him in your life. And it's obviously Mr. C from what we know. Not but, Hutch. Uh, not Hutch. No, Hutch is a good guy. He's a killer, but he's a good guy. Yeah. Well, I forgot about this scene. The this the the the, the train crossing. That's great. Oh, I forgot yeah. about this. The spotlight. This is fucking cool. See, I think if Lynch was. Uh, was, was held to the nine hours and okay it would have been tighter of course and okay maybe more successful to some people but I, I think it would be we'd lose shots like this I mean this is like literally like a minute on this uh, railroad crossing and a train passing but it'd it be could, great if you could slow it down in slow motion there's like Bob on the train car like <laughs> or maybe it's it says Garvin Bozia yeah. in one of the actual yeah I, 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 Michael J. Anderson <laughs> but that's it. We get so many of these scenes um, that would be lost with a truncated version. But it's, yeah, it's, like this Jack eating spaghetti scene, just wolfing it down. Like that. This guy is his name, Jack. The yeah, Jack. Yeah. Jack wolfing down his spaghetti. Yeah. I love Ray scene. though. His expressions and <laughs> it's just just to be happy to be there. Mister C is just real, like you know, all business, serious. He's like a nineteen sixties like country and western singer or something. I don't know what that look is, but it's funny. Daria did not have much to do in this series, unfortunately for her. I, I like he her. Really, is, is Mr. C really eating Garmin Bazir? Is that what he's eating? Well, it, it looks like corn on his plate or in that bowl there. Um, and we saw that at several other uh, instances. And it was Sarah Palmer looked like she was eating mac and cheese. And um, I can't remember the other instance. Chad's pudding. Oh, yeah, Yellow with his, <laughs> his two hungry man his dinners. Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. <laughs> right. 
But um, not only are we are we getting a little bit of momentum, I think visually things are picking up a little bit, but also with the narrative, even though it, it, it is still mysterious, there's the what? connection here with not Hastings. Need. That's the great part of this uh, that's, scene, the whole want, yeah. not need thing. That's a t-shirt right there is I yeah. want, I don't want, need. Want, not need. Yeah. And I love this little, it's not a tete-a-tete between them, but Ray. It is. Well, he, Ray has something. Ray's that, testing him, yeah. Ray's fucking with him. Right. And Mr. C. Leverage doesn't like being in that position and I love Daria she even though she's not speaking her body language and looking at Mr. C and then at the end she just is staring at Ray and kind of like playing with her hair a little bit and Mr. C looks at her and I think he suspects at this point there's something going on because obviously he tape recorded their conversation I don't know how he did that is but, it possible uh, that Ray's an FBI informant at this point yeah, I think he is, right? You think he is already at this point? I do, yeah. Then that means Mr. C's on the radar earlier than we thought. Especially since maybe Gordon Cole was not involved with Ray's underground or his inform- being an informant. He didn't know about it. But maybe it was, it didn't get he up says to the Cole. End. Yeah, eventually he finds out the very Yeah. End. But it's still, I mean, that's another nail in the Mr. C's uh, master plan coffin of trying to get these coordinates and get to, um, obviously, Twin Peaks and up into the fireman's domain. He first and foremost is set or not set up, but meets with an FBI informant who doesn't wind up giving him what he needs until much later. And it's actually what he doesn't need or want. He actually get it from Tulpa Diane. So, but it's all about mood. Yeah, maybe we thought maybe Lillard was involved with the Air Force, and that's how he knew Major Briggs back in like episode two or three. We were speculating that, that maybe somehow uh, Ray was an Air Force guy, knew uh, Briggs, and he became an FBI informant. This was the whole entire plant, the entire time he was supposed to be set up uh, to present these coordinates to to Mister C. Yeah, there's so always in it. Yeah, but I like that there's just so much mystery that it it makes you ponder, and uh, it's not something that um, was obviously given to us. We don't know any of these answers, but that's the world of Twin Peaks. There's so many, I mean, in this new series compared to the I feel the like original, Ray dropped dime or turned states uh, when he got arrested. I feel like he wasn't an FBI informant that, in this you know, you, That very well could be. Yeah, that, that could be true. But to who? To Warden Murphy? Uh, well, that's a good question. Like, I mean, if, if Gordon on. Cole wasn't the one making him turn states, then who would he be turning states with? Yes. Like Denise? <laughs> right. Maybe it's Albert. Albert's been doing this whole thing, and we. Oh God, we're gonna get our phone call, and I want you to take the, oh, uh, fuck, the lead it's with that. Episode, isn't it? Oh Jesus! Well, here oh, we here's got. The, hey, dude, here's the great scene that you always thought was gonna be so pivotal that turned out to be a bunch of uh, red herring number eight. Keeping <laughs> count. Yeah. What do you no, think about uh, this in retrospect? You were positive that this scene. We spent hours talking about this. Scene. Yeah. And what does it mean now? Absolutely nothing. It, 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 to the plot, it means it's just nothing. in this. It's actually it's in the time sequence. Uh, well, maybe not. We don't know about that, but it doesn't really mean anything. He's well, not you know waiting what? for Coop to come out. Like he just saw those red drapes. That's what we got freaked out about. And we thought it meant something. But Wouldn't really it have just, been? Great. Maybe Hawk just sees red drapes every once in a while in the woods. Anyway, and that's it. He just goes oh, the drapes. <laughs> the drapes again. Wouldn't it have been yeah, great drapes. though in part eighteen when Cooper emerged from the lodge that Hawk was there instead of Diane, and then he could have like taken. Cooper to Diane it just that for me was Diane you just want that plot point to work yeah that's it no I, I don't, that wouldn't have made a difference to me actually no I don't think I, I prefer it to be like another because I don't know what that is because I think if, if Hawk was there then it'll be certain that okay here we are in Twin Peaks and whatever timeline it is that that still feels like another worldly yeah place yeah no you're right yeah with Diane well I there. still think that uh that when Cooper emerged in part 18 that could very well have been the original timeline of like 1989 because of what we saw afterwards with the car that they were in, the motel that they went to. Um, and obviously they crossed over at some point, but uh, it's very well possible that it was 1989 and it wasn't present day because we didn't see any other characters other than Diane and Laura as Carrie Page. Um, so, but we don't know. Hopefully, hey, maybe this is uh, for, for season four. Maybe this is part of the master plan. Well, that's plan. interesting, though. Because like, was it Cooper? How was he? I guess they weren't looking at a phone or any sort of GPS coordinates at the 430 thing. They were just looking at, like, the odometer. Is that what they were I using? Because I was thinking at 89, there would not be smartphones, GPS, and shit. Right. No, I don't think. You know yeah, I, mean? I think I can't recall if he was looking at something. I want to say it was the odometer. Yeah. 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 I think it was the odometer. But where was it, the 430 from? Was it from Glastonbury Grove? Was it from the Twin Peaks city limits? 
Well, you know, where the car? Where did they get the car? Yeah, where did they? Well, yeah, <laughs> they rent it or did it just there? With the he keys boosted in the car. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we're in the lodge. Maybe Mike jump started it with his electricity thing. Yeah, here we go. Here's Mike. <laughs> is it future or is it past? We, that was. Is it future? So yeah, so look at this. Okay, so we were talking about the thing, the giant scene. Uh, in the last episode was like one of these eternal recurrence things that keeps popping up at the end and the beginning of these Cooper adventures. This is another one of them right here. And we, here we are. The second thing we I mean, the, the second lodge uh, scene we see is once is this re- eternal recurrence in a, scenes. Yeah. One by the giant and one by him. So it really reinforces that theory to me on rewatch, at least right now. Yeah. No, I, me otherwise? for me, this is just part of the, um, I guess, I would say the normal timeline of Cooper being in the lodge for 25 years and the one-armed man giving him a clue. Is it future? Is it past? Um, He'll obviously say that again. He'll say it again here. Well, what do you think it means? If it doesn't mean what I think it means, I think it means he's like, dude, you're living the, the future just keeps happening again. You know, you're in the fucking loop. Wake up. Future, past, it doesn't mean it means the same thing. Um, what do you think it means if it doesn't mean that? Well, well I think it, the line was originally um, said in Fire Walk With Me with the man from another place when Cooper, to, I mean, he said it to Cooper in the lodge. And it was, I wouldn't say tied to the ring, but the, the, the man from another place picked up the ring. And that's when I believe um, Cooper looked in the camera and told Laura not to take the ring. So that was the first occurrence of is it future or is it past? Now, for me, I think it's just a, a clue to Cooper that whatever events are unfolding, they could be on the same timeline. They could be on multiple timelines. I think what's happening is, is that here was the first utterance, and then he'll say it at the end of this scene here when Laura appears, and then he'll say it again in part 18. For me, it's kind of a, a, a clue that we're going on like a different journey or there is some kind of different timeline coming into play here. But it's it's obviously very confusing um, because, I mean, is it future? Is it past? It's a question. Are we in the future? It's eternal question. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. it is. Either. Maybe that's what she whispers in his ear here. We're at the Laura scene. And boy, does she look amazing. Her, uh, that's what I mean. Like she just gives a performance from the very beginning uh, this scene just really moved me upon first view and still upon second, like to see the pain in her eyes um, and just the mystery of like the way she's presenting herself. Like it does. Oh, I thought she was going to be angry, you know, that she was going to be pissed at him, but she didn't show it here and she showed the sadness. But then later on, you kind of see <laughs> maybe she has good reason to think to be angry with him. You know, it's like, uh, she's, this is just a really complex uh, scene here for her. Well, the whole thing is, is that she said in the original series, I'll see you again in 25 years. So Cooper has been in this purgatory, presumably during that whole time. And I think has not come across Laura. She is now returned. And when she does, she tells him he can, he can go out now. So she's the, the, the key for him to go out or the impetus but their uh, conversation continues where she basically says some of the same things that she said in his original dream 25 years prior. Like, I feel like I know Laura Palmer, but sometimes my arms bend back. And she also says after Cooper says, well, Laura Palmer's dead. And she says, I am dead, yet I live. And now she is taking off her face, which is a new wrinkle, which we didn't know at the time. Is, her real face looks a lot better than Sarah's. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, that for me right there, that glowing white light uh, represents obviously, you know, the good side. But here she is in presumably the Black Lodge. This could be the waiting room. Do you think Sarah and Laura ever took their faces off in front of each other? <laughs> no, I don't. You know what I mean? I don't. No. <laughs> I know what you mean. So? I know, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. You're saying no? No, I don't think so. I would have loved to have seen a face off, though, at the end of yeah. part 18. Yeah. The fact that Laura wasn't reunited with Sarah, whether it Sarah Palmer, her mother, or whoever was possessing Sarah, was for me not a letdown, but uh, I feel unfulfilled. I just it seemed well, yeah, because at least to have them confront each other, like that's what we were wanting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't get it. Well, we did, and well, with uh, Sarah, you know, stabbing 
her photograph or the homecoming photo. Well, if you lay 17 to 18 over each other, but apparently that's not the way to do it. Well, here's also, is it future? Is it past? I mean, what we're seeing here is something that occurred. See, look, she's in smiling when she leans over. This is a very interesting, when she's doing the old, this is the scene, but dude. it's the same. She's whispering in his ear, but she looks as like she's smiling and kind of kissing him and coy. And it's a good, happy scene in the beginning. And then it's about to cut when it cuts to that main shot that you see. Here it is. It's gonna be bad. It's looking. It's like Cooper. It looks like Dougie. He's all happy. He's like, "You're, what are you gonna tell me something good?" <laughs> but her whispering indistinctly. <laughs> yeah, but her facial reactions, smiling, is, is almost oh. exactly like her original uh, expressions in the original series with the, the original dream. It's just this. Yeah, remember in eighteen when he she says she says it in his ear. He goes, "Huh?" <laughs> in the subtitles, he says, "Huh?" He didn't say "Huh" here. That's interesting. Yeah, so she obviously told him he can go out. They had more dialogue. She whispers in his ear. Obviously, it was something that disturbed Cooper, and she senses something and looks up, and that's it. I mean, she, and Cooper sees it too, and she is sucked up like a tulpa. That's what's so odd. Well, she actually levitates, and then when she's actually— It's a slower suck than a tulpa suck, but it is a, it's similar to It a is similar than, than a tulpa suck, and there are so many—that was— Right there, when she flew out of the room, that was like a tulpa suck with Dougie and uh, and 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 Diane. But then here is something that's very interesting. Is that was interesting the way they showed her face, you know, in retrospect, looking up like that. It really, it wasn't like Diane getting sucked away in a flash, like the Wicked Witch of the East. It's like you really shake on her face as it's going up, and you see the red room tiles or below her. It kind of reminded me of. when Diane was having like ritualistic sex with the with with Cooper in the last scene in that motel, and her looking up into the sky in anguish, yeah, you know, yeah. and then tying into Becky looking up into the sky in drugged out sparkle pleasure, those are like kind of these iconic face like face of God scenes looking down on these women, in either ecstasy or ang- agony. Yeah, the whole scene. This is the first time that was the first time where we saw anything outside of the normal red room is when the drapes um, were blowing by some un you know, unseen wind. Um, and then we saw the horse, the white horse, which I think signifies death, the pale horse, and then eternal blackness. And then... Well, and here's, here's the one our man again going, is it future or is it past? I forgot he said it twice. Yeah, he, he says it, it a second he's like, time. Oh yeah, and then he's now... At, and here we're seeing the, the, the same scenes, what we'll see in part 18. Um, Cooper can go out at um, this point, presumably, we're all thinking that, okay, Laura came, gave him the message. A little wrinkle here is that Laura sucked out of the lodge. What the hell does that mean? Um, and he's going on a journey now with the one-armed man to exit the lodge. But before... Yeah, he looks almost exactly like... I thought his gait was more uh, assertive in Final N18, like he had finally learned his lesson and he was really going to do it this time. It looked exactly the same <laughs> as this one. <laughs> we're in a loop! We're in a loop, Tom! I... Now here we are in a loop, watch, meaning the evolution of the yeah, arm. Which was just a fantastic creation. Obviously, Mike Anderson, the man from another place, wasn't in it. And so Lynch concocted this. And there's also a very similar tree-like, uh, I would say being, but in Eraserhead, there's a scene when uh, Henry Spencer is, I think right before seeing the lady in the radiator on stage, there's a very similar-looking sycamore tree. Um, so obviously, I think it's in Lynch's like you know uh, wheelhouse there in his memory bank, and he just uh, created the evolution out of the arm and added um, additional dialogue. If you notice, he says, "I am the arm," and I sound just like this. Well, that's what the man from another place said in Firewalk with Me. But he made the whooping sound originally, um, but he makes it a little more uh, uh, I wouldn't say horrific, but a, a different sound. Obviously, here. It seems like watching this, like, it's like he's asking, do you remember your doppelganger? And then later he goes, Bob, Bob, Bob. And it's like reminding Coop of this storyline. You know, like this storyline is a different storyline than the little girl down the lane storyline. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got multiple narratives. It's like a choose your own adventure book here in the lodge. And here we are. Okay. Now we're doing, we're going down the doppelganger storyline. Right. And he tells him um, he, uh, he must come back in before you go out. Meaning obviously Mr. C. Uh, but this close-up of Cooper, for me, is, I think, the same shot. Now, it might be a little tighter when we see the Dreamer in Part 17. Yeah. So, um, Black and white. Yeah. Although he looks older in the 18th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this whole thing with um, 
that if you notice that when Cooper is still getting these instructions and kind of grasping or dealing with this notion of his doppelganger, the Wonder Man kind of looks around and Lynch slows the scene down a little bit. There's something going on, obviously, within the Lodge related to, I think, Mr. C and whatever the normal process is for Cooper leaving. Now, the, the interesting thing is that being tied to Laura and her giving him the message that he can go out, well, the evolution of the arm said, well, no, 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 that's not true. The, your doppelganger has to come back in before you go out. So is Laura actually, you know, receiving a different message from someone else? Or is she going rogue within the lodge telling Cooper that he can go out? Or is Laura just a figment of his, one of his narratives, his little girl down the lane narrative? Which is not even well, there. is this also what we're seeing with uh, Mr. C and Jack? Massage Jack's I face to death? The God, this is a great scene. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> it looks, you know what, watching it, it looks kind of like comforting, doesn't it? It's like, I wish Kyle McLaughlin could put my face. I bet I feel good. And look how he's like Jack's enjoying looking it. at him. It's yeah, like he's, he's like really kind of, putting in you know, yeah. some kind of... He's really putting it in. Yeah, like, fine, that's good. <laughs> And now it looks like he's just going to die. <laughs> like he's just going to freeze and just be dead. Like the guy who, like the guy in the yellow jacket and blue velvet after he gets shot or whatever. Yeah. Just stood there, yeah, you know? Yeah. Look, here he is dead. Yeah. It's almost like he, it's, he, thunder booming. Going but it's up not a freeze like frame. You can see Mr. C still blinking. Yeah. Yeah. Lynch does a really good job of that. Like I always tried to look at like the, the trucker, the truck, you guy on the ground, like ever looking at their stomachs, like to see if they're moving after they're dead. He does a good job of keeping them frozen. I don't know how he does that. Yeah. Now do you think, they, they that all of what we're here seeing we here with Mr. C here with Jack and now going to the hotel Here's, room. Yeah. We're going to the hotel. Do you think that Cooper is seeing this within the lodge because of what the evolution of the arm told him about? Do you remember your doppelganger? Yeah, I think he is now because he knew everything. He knows about Freddy's story. He knows, he knows everything. He's the omnipotent Oz God of this entire storyline. He knows everything. I think. You mean Mr. C or Cooper? Cooper. He's dreaming this whole thing anyway. Dreaming or he... Or what? You know, one thing or the other is—is is he dreaming this, or does he just know? Is this actually happening? I don't believe it's all he might a be dream. Living the dream, he might be. It might be like a reality that he has manifested, or he is a part of. Obviously, with Mister C, who's an extension of him, who's gone out and created, uh, you know, all these other news stories within this larger dream. But I think he obviously at the, in seventeen he knew everything. He knew, he not even knew all of Mister C's scenes. He knew all of fucking Freddie's scenes. Right. He knew everything. Right. You know, so it means like that. I think he knows all about this. Maybe he's the one making the phone call. But what if all of that <laughs> happened while he was actually still in the lodge? What do you mean? What all of that? The happened? whole storyline. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I. That's what I think happened. It's it's a strong possibility. It really is. I don't think he ever left the lodge, dude. These are all just like, okay, in 1817, he's jumping around. It's just like that. There's a million of these things. And you said, I don't think that like in the last pod, I don't think that he uh, left the, or he ever visited the giant in the lodge. I think he did. I think he's been bouncing all over the damn place, creating all kinds of realities. Richard, Linda, this, that, up at the lodge, down here, doing things, saving people, dying, trying to get Laura 8 million times, like Groundhog Day. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to kill his doppelganger a few times, didn't work. Hanging out with Philip Jeffries. Like, I feel like he's just, like, been down here. He's got a whole life. Well, it could. And then all of this is somehow part of his big dream. Right. Well, it could be that with Laura that. and Carrie Page and obviously Cooper with Mr. C and possibly Richard, while they're trapped or in this world within the lodge, the Red Room, that their other halves, maybe their evil sides, their doppelgangers, so to speak, are living in the real world. And... At some point, obviously, they're able to. Or the tulpas. Well, I wouldn't say the tulpa. <laughs> that yeah. you got to admit it now. It's a part of the. Well, myth. I know it is, it but um, I always speculated that um, that Cooper did go out, and when he was living with like in Dougie Land, that when Laura was sucked into the lodge, she went to Odessa and was living it as Carrie Page. But reassessing this and watching it, it's very likely that Cooper did not, like you said, like we just talked about, did not actually leave the lodge. That would, Yeah, because Vegas was not right. real. I mean, that whole reality was so right. unreal. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a completely Wizard of Oz at the end. I mean, completely, I think that was like a figment. Right. And what we're seeing... Merlin Lane and all that good... And, and what's everybody real... Everybody just like, you know, Dougie's being the this holy fool who just everyone, it all works out. You know, everything's yeah. great. You know, Janie E, everything just is a, it's a plastic world, fake plastic world. Well, and what's real is Cooper in part 18 
having the darkness within him and trying to reconcile yeah, that. Real. I mean, that for me is more real than what we saw in, in part 17 with Cooper being omniscient and knowing about Freddie and that whole crazy scene with the Bob bubble and everyone together, like the end of the wizard of Oz. And, you know, I hope to see you all again. And we live inside a dream and having the whole Cooper big, the Oz face, you know, overseeing all of this. But um, it does feel like it's kind of like Inception, like he's laying la- layers of reality over layers of reality. He's taking it to the next level every every stage. Like the new, the original series, we were like, oh my god, this is so cutting edge and amazing and terrifying and never been seen before. And now, like Firewalk with Me, holy fuck, he's taken it to another different weird level. And now this, and then it's almost like that last episode was almost like him taking it to even another right. level uh, that, that we have not seen in, even in this series. He's evolving already and taking it to the next level. Well, what if also what we're seeing with <laughs> Cooper is that obviously we're seeing his storyline with Cooper in the Lodge, obviously out, and Mr. C. What if, like Philip Jeffries, who's someone who's, who went through presumably the same experience that Cooper has gone through, has something very similar just off camera? We didn't see that storyline that there's been maybe multiple Jeffries in multiple timelines. Yeah, I think Jeffries could have a whole and, spinoff. He's got a whole damn right. timeline. Right, and the same thing with timelines. Briggs. Obviously, there are so many interesting components to his supposed timeline after he supposedly died at the end of the original series. Obviously, he didn't, and he never aged, and he was at all of these different crime scenes and had Dougie's wedding ring. So it may not be unique to actually Cooper. It could be just... Some of yeah. these, uh, the, like Desmond, Jeffries, Time Briggs, Time yeah. Lords. Yeah. And, and Laura, obviously. Although I think Cooper has a, a particular curse. Like, no one ever heard of, like, what's the Philip Jeffries curse? <laughs> what's the Briggs curse? They're not cursed. They never do anything bad. What did they right. ever do? Not well, the- what did Cooper do that was so bad? He just faced his doppelganger with imperfect courage. Uh, he's like Icarus. He flew too high on barred wings, turned to wax and collapsed, and he got a bunch of women killed. And he obsessively obsessed over them and didn't like have a plan and didn't really think out rationally. He just believed in his mystical powers uh, arrogantly. Like, you know, he really believed himself too much, I think, um, and didn't uh, uh, take any caution. And really, just like see, dragging Laura through this torture in 18 again, like, and then leaving Janie E. Like, he's, he had to really hurt a lot of people. There's a lot of people in his wake. You know, so uh, he wasn't a uh, pure-hearted hero that he thought he was. I think that's his. That's yeah, but the hero. fact that he was a receiver of all these messages, whether by a... yeah, you're right though. He didn't do that. He wasn't that no. bad. No, come on. The problem is he got he became bad when Mr. C came out and started raping everybody. That's when he got evil. Well, like murdering people, dropping leg dog legs in people's cars. <laughs> well, that's I think we can you know, <laughs> I think Bob is responsible. We're watching Mr. C right now do this. We're in the scene here with Daria, and uh, he's, she's about to he's about to. Kill yeah, there's her. an interesting thing here. Uh, has he showed her the card yet? No, he's thinking about. Uh, has he mentioned the so-called Black Lodge yet? <laughs> I think he's about to. I don't have the closed caption on, uh, so I, into the what they call the Black Lodge. That's what it's, <laughs> but I'm not going back there. Yeah. Wasn't that the only time we so hard when that came. <laughs> heard the Black Lodge? I was like, oh, like I thought Fonzie was jumping the shark. I was like, oh my God. When he said that line, when I first saw the scene, I did not like it at all. I was turned off big time. And I didn't like this whole Daria thing. I was like, this, this is making me feel I like the scene a lot. I just thought it was very... Uh, well, I love how it ends, you know, with Albert thing or the, the Jeffries Yeah, but the call, tension but and just hearing about Jeffries and his coordinates were getting some information and... I thought she did a great act, uh, a job. The actress who played Daria, I can't. She just seemed too calm. She seemed like, okay, hey, I would have fought a little bit. She did. She tried to get up yeah. three times, and he kept screen. pulling her back yeah. each time and punched yeah. her in the face. And uh, yeah. he's just—he's got this menacing look on his face, and yeah, he's got a good little. Yeah, I, I like it here in retrospect. I'm just telling you how I initially felt. Here he is. So he's pulling out the card now. Oh, here, one thing the with the card, yeah. right? It, Lynch has this. He has like Gene Simmons here. <laughs> There's this subtle audio cue and it's so haunting I can't really articulate it but Lynch reuses it when Mr. C shows up in Twin Peaks in part 17 he's like what is this it's so subtle and haunting it's almost like an, like this ethereal wind but like a dark evil wind uh, and he uses it here when he shows her the plane I think card. that was a subtitle just a dark evil wind <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure. Are you going to kill me now? Yes, Daria. <laughs> That's what I didn't like. I was like, come on. Here's, yeah, okay, whatever. It just didn't, didn't seem to. But, you know, he's I don't sweaty, too. too anyway, I mean, but... he's got these beads of uh, sweat. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice the sweat. Well, That's good. I, he, I mean, I, I, yeah. I thought it was very compelling. 
Well, it's just another fetishizing of the whole thing, which I didn't like at the beginning. So you know, whatever, we'll move on. But she does. She, she, she makes a good other yeah, good looking corpse here. Very she good looking corpse. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, but we got some information here, right? About hey, uh, about Jeff or Ray yeah, and the coordinates, coordinates yeah. and having to knock off Mister C and, and what he wants. He wants the mother. What do we think it's the mother, or is it the owl cave symbol? Is it? Um, I think okay. it's the mother still. I think he was trying to get to mother, to Judy, to Jao Day. To return to her because that's where he was either created. Yeah, his mama. Or his Bob. Yeah, that's his grandmother or whatever. Bob is his dad. <laughs> so, yeah. It's going to go back to grandma. I like the idea that you were saying. Like, you know, a lot of people have thought about this, that since Bob was you know, on, on Rogue, he wouldn't come back to the Black Lodge. So he wasn't harvesting like the Garmin Bazia and bringing it back. So everyone in the white Black Lodge, all those entities are like – they're kind of dying away. They're becoming less impactful, or they don't have much influence anymore. They're like an old retirement home, like I said, the Friars Club. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, so what he's doing, he's he's over. He's like, they're old news. I'm going to the, I'm going straight to Mama and the lot or the convenience store. Judy, that's where the real evil's at. Okay, here's yeah. the scene, dude. <laughs> here's the scene. I'm still talking about Philip. You're late. I missed you in New York. This scene right here. The information, Major Garland Briggs. Like, whose voice is that? That's what I, all I want to know is who. They don't have the voice actors' names in the credits. Who did these voices? Philip, here it is. Actually, I just called to say goodbye. This is just so compelling. Sounds, when he says, "I will be like with Bob again," still. that for me was like this hook. Here we are, about halfway through part two. So mysterious. I will Jeffries, be with Bob Briggs again. and Bob again. I was like, yes. So who are the possibilities? It could be Albert. It could be Philip Jeffries. He could have been lying. It could be the Mike, uh, somebody, you know, or it could be a White Lodge entity, uh, or it could be, like, who else My could it be? My two number one suspects are the one-armed man, Mike, or Judy. Yeah, I think it's got to be one of them somehow, or, like, entities of them, like, you know, I Missed You in New York could mean... He, what, it could be Judy. Yeah, like, in, like, the glass box, and, like, not Mr. C, but Cooper. Now, we don't know this right now. Are they giving her Excuse a female me? voice? Well, you would no, think, though. I, I know. You know. It would be cool if it was a woman. Be cool well, I just woman. think I like the okay. idea if, if Zhao Day is the mother of all evil, is really embodies everything that is, that, that is evil, is even more evil than Bob, um, that she has obviously a plan in place, and Mr. C might be a pawn in her game. Like if he wants to return to her, which seemingly he does, but if she has a different agenda... But that call right there makes me think that it's part of the trap. We know that there were several traps set for Mr. C. Yeah. The, the Briggs set, set, and I think Jeffrey set, the, the fireman set. The set. Fireman. So why would Zhao Day try to set up Mr. C? We don't know. Zhao Day, Judy, so, so very mysterious. We don't know. Well, it could be Mike because Mike wants to be with Bob again because Mike and Bob is to kill, to kill together. And Mike's a representative of the Black Lodge or they're trying to get him back so they can bring some more Garmin Bozia so they aren't going to die. Yeah, but they never mentioned Garmin Bozia one time. Like you said, they had the one reference of Black Lodge. Now, we saw the Garmin Bozia. Well, we saw it puking out of uh, Coop or Mr. C, so that's clearly still in the end. And there was the Garmin Bazia. I mean, there's all kinds of Garmin Bazia references. All right, but it wasn't like in Fire Walk With still... Me where it was actually uttered and know. you actually saw the man from right. another place eating the Garmin Bozia. You saw Bob taking Leland's pain and suffering. Yeah, that's so, interesting. And we never got the White Lodge. Was even pain and suffering mentioned? Uh, not. Did anyone even say pain and no, suffering? No, I don't think so. Series? We saw well, we a lot did. I think they figured we, – we, we've gotten it at this point. I think it's a mistake to actually – go on the original series and fire walk with me like some of the some of the mythology now um like what we're just talking about with the lodges and the garment bazia not to say that it's not relevant because i think it is but i think it's morphed i think it's evolved like the characters the storyline like the creators lynch and frost that we can't just automatically assume that that room that cooper is in is the black lodge where the fireman is the the white lodge that it's all about garment bazia that the convenience store is an extension of the Black Lodge. It's all very, like, nebulous. And uh, the fact that Mr. C said the so-called Black Lodge, it's almost like they're mocking their original mythology. So, I mean, that's how I interpret it. Yeah, it feels like he is. And here's one of my favorite lines well, we right here. We just got to the, Chant- the oh. Chantal scene. Yeah. <laughs> so here it is, right here. <laughs> Look at all those Cooper. chips. Look at the chips. So now it cuts yeah. back to his close-up. Like, he was actually able to... See all of this. Remember, remember that. Remember yes. That. Remember your, 
Oh, and here we go, time and time again, dude. See, it all ties in. They're all trying to get him to wake up. Bob, Bob, Bob. So he's what this is is the doppel storyline. He's on the doppel line here. And he's trying to well, remember this shit. Yeah, we're, we've got sixteen more episodes to actually discuss all of this. It's so very dense, and there's so many mysteries. And even at that point, I don't think we'll have even, you know, the sliver of answers that we hope to get. Um, Cooper walked out really fast. But here, do you notice he followed the one-armed man, and now the one-armed man is gone. And he was walking in slow motion, and he comes up to the curtain to enter, and he's blocked. Now, this is where in Part 18, he did that little hand gesture. This was the little, yeah, that one-armed man little hand. Like little Tai Chi thing to open up. Wasn't he also like an 18, but he was freaking out in front of the Palmer house? Wasn't he kind of trying to grab Yes, I thought so, too. It was almost like <laughs> he's trying to grab the invisible door right. off there too. He didn't Let there. me out. Nope. So now he's going in reverse, right? So everything that happens now is the opposite of what of what happened in eighteen. Yeah. So that makes me think, okay, one timeline. What we're going to see is one reality, and then when that completes, he's returned to the lodge or back in the lodge, and the one armed man says, "Is it future? Is it past?" It's almost like, okay. The next step, or the next timeline, or the next dream. Maybe the door that was locked was the little girl down the lane storyline. He had to go yeah. back to the Doppel storyline yeah. and figure that out before he could get to the little girl down the lane storyline. They get to unlock that before he can unlock this. The, Laura, the little girl down the lane is a level higher in the Inception platform than the Doppel storyline. So you're saying there's like a hierarchy with like storylines or timelines? Yes. Like you advance. You have to, you, he has to solve the Doppel story. He has to get Mr. C fixed before he can go try to save Laura. It's like a video game. A lot of this is kind of video game-like, with the whole Bob, Bob Bubble Orb. Like getting to different levels, and each video... level is progressively yeah, harder, like achieving, more difficult, or more... Yeah, and having to get clues to get to the next level, and yes, all this shit. So you know what would be interesting, interesting is that Leland said, find Laura, but Cooper in Part 17 didn't just find Laura, he saved Laura. So did he just assume, maybe it was tied into her whisper, that he, just, he doesn't have to just find her, he has to save her. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know, but like, maybe he saw her get sucked away. Or he well, knows she, she knows that out. she did get and sucked so away. Fine. But I think what we're seeing here, see, he's now going, everything is becoming distorted. He's looking at the drapes. Yeah, it's trippy. It's trippy. Whoa, yeah, well, it's ominous scratching. And noise. we're getting, I see, what I think what we're seeing is a doppelganger of the actual red room, like another reality within the red room because the evolution of the arm even says it here. The one our man says. Oh, yeah, we get like a doppel evolution. We even get too, a doppel right? of the Venus de Milo. Yeah, the Venus de Milo doppel. Yeah. That's interesting. And because the Wonder Man says something's it's wrong. It's kind of like laying over it. It's kind of the overlay yeah. effect they just showed. Kind so of all of this, I think, that something's wrong. I always thought it was related to, like, Dougie, that they didn't know Dougie existed. So when Mr. C was supposed to come back in and Cooper was supposed to go out, it didn't, you know, unfold how they envisioned it because of the Tulpa Dougie. But you would think the Wonder Man and the evolution of the arm would know the existence of a third Cooper, basically. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Maybe it is a, 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 a doppel of the lodge. lodge. Yeah. Here it is coming up to the Venus de Milo. Yeah, because here it comes, and we're going to get the doppel tree. That's the doppel de, de Milo. So it's almost like this is one reality. This is the doppel <laughs> reality, right? This is the doppel de Milo. Okay, here, doppel, okay, so here's the doppel. Did you say doppel and, okay, de so Milo? The, <laughs> yeah, the doppel de Milo. Then he opens up the doppel de Milo, the doppel lodge, and then we, there he sees. Mr. Well, is C. that the same location that he was Richard and Linda they were driving before they crossed over? Yeah, I think it is. You right? don't see it looks the. Like uh, it. I mean, we would never know, right. but it he's looks driving like it the is. same car. Although I don't see any uh, electrical wires of the big towers. Yeah, that's towers. true. Yeah, see now the, the Milo ch- doppel to Milo here, and is freaking out. This is horrific, and he says non-existent. Like I was to take took it to like um, the reality of going into Dougie Land that it wasn't real, that Dougie wasn't real, but it could just be this whole setting, this whole scene is non-existent yeah this one is still perplexing to me i still have no solutions for this what what what, what exactly is going on here because now here he goes boom he falls through the black black uh uh evil goop and there he is plummeting and boom he's on top of the yeah he's the, in new york glass he's in new york city yeah i love that face it what looks they did like is, i mean whatever it is they shook yeah <laughs> it's like ed grimley face yeah. <laughs> I, have not, yeah. <laughs> I have not noticed that but i guess what they did is they kind of shook the black lodge loose 
They shook him loose, and now he, he fell. Yeah, he but the out. fact that we're seeing it. the Black Lodge or what we perceive to be the— Whether it was the Doppel Lodge or not a Doppel Lodge. I don't know. I'm sure it was the Doppel Lodge, but that's an interesting theory. But it's— I never really understood your theory until you just pointed out right there. You pretty much—you don't really kind about. of understand half of what I say, but I don't really understand half of what I no, say. No, I don't. Sometimes you veer a little too far <laughs> into the edge. But the fact that the Lodge is actually connected to the Black Box or the Black Box, the Glass Box, is very interesting. Yeah, here it is. Boom. All it really is, yeah, it's a, the portal. It just it took right from the stairs or right from the uh, the little hallway. Boom. And is it, it future? It was a fast run, too. He had to fall a long way in episode three right. to get to the purple area. This is just a quick And fall. is it future? Is it past? What we're seeing now is Cooper in the timeline that we've seen in part one because we're seeing now Sam looking for the guard in the bathroom. So presumably what we're seeing is Cooper actually appeared in the glass box before the experiment, before they died. Moments before. But yeah, moments but that before, wasn't dude. captured on the camera that at least the FBI got. They got the image. Yeah, how come they couldn't have caught him? He looks like he you know was why? really hanging out. Like Maybe he like wasn't really there. What does that it's mean? It's not really happening. Well, nothing's really happening. <laughs> it is happening again, my friend. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, this is a great scene, though. This is a magical scene. Him getting shot. They're trying to. I don't know what they're trying to catch him, but he's getting smaller right. and bigger inside this box, and uh, it's a wonderful Lynchian sequence. But it's interesting as well, it's too, totally that cool. he's Dill Cooper here, and he gets he's sucked been, out. Didn't work. Bye bye. He gets he smaller. Does. And smaller. He, get, he gets small, like Steve Martin, and uh, faint hissing. And here he is, intense, ominous whooshing, flying through the portal. He goes through the bottom, plane. and now he's flashing or. Kind of flying through or falling. I love the shot of yeah. just his face. The one falling like Mad Men, like the Mad Men fall. This is the classic I love this. shot of Lynch. The eyes got yeah. so good. And then He's pretty it calm. cuts right too, doesn't it? Sarah Palmer. Uh, I haven't gotten there yet. Well, no, yeah, I'm, yeah, I haven't gotten Palmer, there either, but uh, yeah. that's what happens. He's actually... So maybe the mother chased him all the way through the portal. Uh, uh, maybe she was kind of hanging out. Like maybe, hmm, I'm going to hang out by the box and see what happens. Or no, they, she wasn't there. No, actually. we came, came before. before. And then we have the exterior yeah. of the Palmer house. Well, maybe, maybe she's just right behind him. You know what I'm saying? She's on his trail. She was knocking on the door, dude, in the mother part oh, three. Mother well, was there. We assume that they're one of the chasing well, yeah, that's, that's interesting, yeah. Well, I want to focus in on this scene with Sarah Palmer. Here we are. they Sarah, show the exterior yeah, dude, of the Palmer house. And... It's seeming like we don't know, obviously, what her state is if she is possessed by whomever, the experiment, the jumpy man. We don't know. She's yeah. kind of normal here. She that, doesn't look crazy. I think she is maybe normal. Maybe she's inhabited yeah, here. Yeah, the, the events, right? what, what are happening with Cooper, maybe tied into the Tremont painting, are affecting, are about to affect her because the look that she gives here, I don't think it's a reaction to the TV. I think she senses something. Yeah. Yeah, right now I can see it. Her eyes are opening up yeah, really wide. Like she and she's kind like, of starting to freak out. And it's interesting, like you know, if the mother or Jiao Day or like the feminine, uh, you know, carnivore beast that, that just ate those two kids apart, if they just inhabited her, then she's watching lionesses tear apart. Do yeah, the same thing. Yeah, it's I, I just the fact that teeth. they placed that scene, the introduction of Sarah, right there with Cooper going through his journey, and. Um, what we know of Sarah Palmer now, and like you speculate, of maybe the experiment going on a similar journey to go after Cooper somehow and winding up in the Purple Room. It is in her house now, presumably, um, and, and tied to Sarah. Maybe it just did a drive-by in the portal and freaked her out because it had to keep going in part three to get to knock on the door uh, after Cooper there. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Mother could have jumped or Judy would have jumped into Sarah right at that moment. Yeah, but... Because then how could she have been? But why would the experiment well? the, want Cooper? I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> why, why does Mother want Cooper? Because uh, Maybe because Cooper is connected to Laura? But obviously she does, or obviously something's going on. They have some sort of cosmic thing going on. Whether it's a uh, little girl down the lane story, it's not real. Uh, it seems It seems. I don't uh, think that... That, that they are yeah. adversaries somehow. Or at least, you know, see, that's the whole thing. is He's like fucking... Don Quixote, man. He's chasing windmills, man. Like, Mother and Judy probably didn't give a fuck about him. See, I just You're don't right. think... Even the, the Giants moved on. The Giants already choosing Freddie and Andy and Lucy to do his bidding. He doesn't I'm, even need him anymore. Yeah, He's I just don't him. think that what we saw in the glass box, what we call the experiment, is the same thing as Jowday, what we saw in Part 8. I think what we saw in Part 8 
I wish they would have differentiated that for yeah. us so we could at least know. Because that would. I just think it's up, evil think. for the sake of evil. It exists and it's re- it's it's represented. <laughs> well, Albert said that, or Sheriff or Truman said that in part sixteen of the original series. Isn't Jacques Renault also evil for the sake of evil? <laughs> what? You mean Jean Michel? <laughs> just kidding. Let's pick on Jacques. I just see him right now. We see Jacques in the back. There's red. There's Jacques, Freddy here we are, and James playing. Freddie's in with a glove. We thought that was an interesting style choice. But in a way, I knew that was going to somehow... We wouldn't hear about that, I thought. This is the one, yeah, I felt like, okay, we're in Twin Peaks now. I like it. Yeah. I get it. By this time, it took two hours, but now I was in... in well, yeah, movie. I thought this was one of my favorite... I'm not big into the musical acts, but um, and I don't really like this song a lot, but the way that it's put together with the, the scene of Red and Shelley and James and Freddie and Jean-Michel... Um, it just it's it's cut together. It has a great feeling, and I think it was a great ending to part two. And the song's not bad, but um, I like all the, the the performances that I like most are the ones that incorporate other scenes within the Roadhouse, whether it's Audrey or Little Dicky Horn um, or you know some of those conversations in the booth. When it's just a straight performance, I'd rather have something else. Yeah, no, I really like this one. It was a great ending to this scene. I love James and, you know, Shelly, even though we all laughed when she said James has always been cool. Because <laughs> he wasn't cool, but hey, he's cool now, man. I Actually, I think James gets a bad rap, and I kind of like, he didn't get much to do, but uh, he didn't, like, completely humiliate himself. I, you know, I listened to the whole song. He got up there and sang, and uh, episode 13 or 14 is very brave of him. So it was nice to see the whole gang here. Uh, it was a great first two hours. It took, took a while to grow on me, the pacing and Mr. C and all that jazz. And it took a, you know, we, we don't know a lot. It was a nice setup, really, this, this first two hours. But uh, you have any final thoughts? Well, yeah, I think that uh, you're right. It was a great setup. I think it works better, <clears throat> excuse me, as a two-hour feature pilot as opposed to one individual episode because that transition of the firemen with a credit sequence, even though it's cool to see the firemen looking at... What if it would have been, would have been a better scene if there's a picture of Cooper like on the mantle next to it and he was just kind of like <laughs> shaking his head, looking at it, just going like... No. I mean, the, just talking about what we saw here. I mean, we were watching, obviously, part two. And just as soon as we saw, you know, Cooper in the lodge with, obviously, the Wonder Man, with Laura, the evolution of the arm, with Leland, and then intercutting or cross-cutting with Mr. C, and then his journey out. There's just so much to contemplate. Murphy and I, we're, 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 I know we're trying to do it, but we're really only scratching the surface. Um, and I, when I was still watching the series while it was going on, um, what I would always do is I would always come back to part two because I felt that part two held innumerable, innumerable clues. And when I saw part 18 unfold, just like part two, but almost like a mirror of it. Um, it. It still didn't offer any answers, but what we talked about tonight with maybe like a doppel lodge or Murphy saying like, you know, uh, a dream and Cooper's journey and the different timelines. I mean, they're all relevant. None of them are relevant. There's not just one answer. There's not just one. I think reading all the things about people speculating about the whole show and the actual ending itself, I don't believe there's one answer to the, the mystery. And I don't think that Lynch and Frost even know all the answers to the mysteries that, that they created. I think they know more than anyone else. But that is Twin Peaks. And that's why Twin Peaks is eternal, because that is real life. Real life dictates the unknown, the mysteries. And us as an audience, we want answers. We want to know. But when you find out the answers, the mystery dies, and then you move on to something else. And that's why Twin Peaks is eternal. So we'll be continuing to talk about, um, obviously, subsequent episodes, but these mysteries that um, from these 18 hours, like, you know, forever. Um, and that's the fun of it. Murphy and I just are two guys who love the world of Twin Peaks and David Lynch and Mark Frost. And we have, you know, endless supply of, 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 of theories, and we just love bantering about it. And we just love the world of Twin Peaks. Yeah, so it's like a wonderful like palette for or a canvas for us to interpret and go crazy and have all kinds of you know like you know intellectual conversations about possibilities and interpretations. It's like a true art piece that's going to can live on forever. So we'll we'll be here every week uh, going through the series. That's our first step. So we'll be on part three, which will be a wonderful uh, time because we never got to do part three or four the original time. So I'm totally excited to do that. Um, in the meantime, you know, we'll be on Facebook, Twitter, all the good stuff, and you guys are giving us great uh, you know 
feedback, thoughts, food for thought, anything that you can give us to enlighten us on any of the uh, storylines that we don't understand. We'd love that. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud and all the podcast addicts. Uh, you know, we'd love all the reviews. Um, keep it coming. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.